Great, good morning. Yeah, so we're carrying on our series on our 365. Each one of us living out these, this mission statement, these values and this vision, um, wherever we are, everywhere, everyone, everywhere, every day. And this is, and we're working through, and we're, this is our third week of um, looking at generosity. Um, thank you to Jan for standing in last week and jumping forward, switching so she could do last week. So I had a little bit more time to recover. Um, and thank you, all of you who've been um, praying and encouraging me and telling me to rest. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you very much for that. But I am feeling mostly better now. So let's see how this morning goes. Uh, we're looking at generosity, and I'm looking at the idea of living generously this morning. In, um, in the Bible... Um, the, the word, words are important, and there's some very popular words. And the word believe, um, very important word in the Bible, comes up 272 times um, in the Bible. Um, the word pray comes up 371 times in the Bible. You can imagine that the word love is quite an important word in the Bible. That comes up 714 times in the Bible that we should love. But the word give comes up 2,152 times in the Bible. You might be like, well, that's, I don't know if that's surprising for you. It was a little bit surprising for me when I looked at it. I was like, that's actually quite a lot. But I think the reason for that, the reason for that is because, because God is a generous God. We want to be generous in our lives. We want to be generous in our lives. And we believe that we're called to be generous because that's who we believe we're created to be. You see, generosity is love in action. God is love. God, therefore, is a generous God. When God acts, he acts as a blessing. He acts, he gives. In one of the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God gives. Generosity is love in action. So when we talk about being generous as a church, when we talk about that as a value, it's because we believe that when we are generous, we reflect something of what God is like. It's it's an action. It's not just an idea. It's not just something that we like to say about ourselves or really like what other people say about us, it's an action, it's a choice, it's a way of life, it's, some, it's something that we live out. You see, because love gives, and we are called to love, right? You know, Jesus condenses the, the entirety of the law down to two commands. He says, love God and love others. The entire, he said the entire law hangs on these two. Everything we are called to be, everything we, are, everything we are called to do, hangs on these two. And generosity is love in action. So love gives. And so as people who follow this God of love, people who worship this God of love, people who are in partnership with this God of love, we are called to give. We are called to be generous. We are, it's more, though, than we are called to be generous. We are created to be generous. We are created to give. 
When God designed us, when God, right in Genesis, we see this story of, and, and God saying, let us make man in our image. We are to look like God. We are to be a f- visible representation of the invisible God. And God created us to give. God created us to be a blessing. God created us to be generous, to live generously, to live expansively. But we are taught to consume. The world teaches us to consume. John reflected um, something that we've talked about before. This idea that we were all 20% away from having enough. And some of the studies that were done that demonstrated actually the more you have, the, the less you feel you have enough or the further away you are from having enough. We live in this world where every commercial every advert every message that we're bombarded with is telling us that if we just had this if we just had that if we could just have a little bit more if we could just be a bit richer if we could just be a bit more beautiful if we could just go to nicer holidays or drive a better car or whatever it might be they're selling us this dream of you're just 20 percent away from having enough this is the product that you need this is the thing you need and so dissatisfaction and discontent is forged within us. This idea of that we, are, we don't have enough is forged within us. This idea that we are not enough is forged within us by our society, by our culture. But it is the op- opposite of what we're called to be. Because you see, that not enough causes us to shrink. It causes us to hold on to and to hoard and to collect and to protect and to guard it causes, it causes us to feel like maybe we're in poverty when we're not in poverty at all, probably. This not enough gets into us and it tells us and it talks to us. And so we look to fill that gap with things, with stuff. With, we, we're taught to consume. I've drawn a little diagram. See, we're created. God is the source of everything. We're created to be, to be the image bearers of God. We're created to be in relationship with God. So um, if you could turn to the next slide. Right, right at the beginning, we have God. God is the source of everything. And the source of everything, this, the everything God is, flows to us. God is our source of life. God is our source of energy. God is our source of love. God is our source of security. God is our source of identity. God is our source of purpose. God is our everything. God is the source of everything. Everything we need is from him. He created it to be this way. So then we receive that, but we are the conduits of that into the world. So then the blessings that we receive, we pass on to the world. And we are free to give generously because we have total confidence in our God to be our provider in all things. But we're taught to live in opposition. So what we're taught to do, because the next slide, is live in opposition to this. Where the world is the answer. 
that says, oh, no, you just you need a bit more. You need to earn a bit more. You need a bit more money. You need a bit more popularity, a bit more status. You need to feel a bit safer. So maybe you need to buy a bigger house with bigger walls or bigger gardens or bigger what security systems, whatever it might be. You need a better car and you need a bigger car and you need to go on nicer holidays or you need a better job or you need a better job title or a nicer business card or whatever it might be that is the thing that if you just had this, status or identity or purpose or security or whatever and we're taught to consume and so we actually try and fill this need within us from things from the world and we're taught to be consumers which then in turn teaches us to be consumers of God. God becomes a product. God becomes a means to an end rather than our source of everything we need. And so we, we become quite broken in this. We become quite dependent on this. We, we learn to numb and we learn to, we learn to consume. And whatever your therapy is, whether it's retail or alcohol or money or popularity or shoes or whatever it might be, We're just trying to fill the gap and we're trying to consume from the wrong place. We live in opposition to who we are created to be. You see, we are created. We are created to be in God's image. We are created to be people who bless the world, who reveal to the world what God is like. We're created to be people who live out God's blessing and pass on God's blessing. People who live generously, who expand. In Ephesians 6, it says this, Command those who are rich in this present world. It's very easy for us to kind of go, Oh yeah, no, the rich need to listen to this. But actually... If we live in the UK, we probably are the rich. There's probably very few exceptions to that. If you have a place to live, if you have food to eat, if you have a fridge to keep your food chilled in, if you have clothes to wear, you're probably in the top 8 to 10% wealthy people in the world. If you have a car, you're amongst the wealthy in the world. And we can look at all these magazines and we can look at all these TV programs and we can, we, oh, if I had their money, oh, well, then I would, I would give. I would give more. If I had their money, oh, well, I would, you know. No, you wouldn't. remember listening to a um, speaker recently. I was on a call th- during lockdown um, with a um, really famous speaker out in America who... Um, had a load of success. Um, became a very popular book, probably the most popular. Um, I think in the Guinness Book of Records, the most popular book outside of the, the Bible, the non, most popular non-fiction book in the world. Sold millions and millions and millions and millions of copies. And uh, became very rich. His response was to repay his salary that the church had paid him for the last 20 years entirely. And to take nothing from the church. His response was to continue to increase his giving. So his giving, so he was tithing 91% of his income rather than 10%. And when we're talking to him, we're, we're talking about this and we're talking it through. It was, it was a conference call. There's a bunch of us on this. And, um, and he was talking about, yeah, but he said I'd already started. It wasn't like I was, suddenly I became rich and suddenly I figured out how to give. 
I started off by tithing, but then the year after I went to 11%, the year after I went to 12%, the year after I went to 15%, the year after I went to 18%, the year after I went to 19%. And even when we couldn't really afford it, I just wanted to increase my giving because I wanted to become more and more generous. I did that for 20 years. And then God knew that he could trust me to have that success and have that wealth. And people say to him, oh, if I had your money, I'd give too. And he goes, no, you wouldn't. Because if you would, you'd already be giving. And I just found it really challenging. See, we're rich, and it's very easy to buy into this idea of, oh, well, if I was rich, whatever my measure of which is, then I would live differently. But actually, we are rich. And it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I don't know how often we reflect on that verse, the things God gives us. God blesses us so we can enjoy things. God blesses us so we can live life to the full. Goes on, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take, take hold of the life that is truly life. You see that? model that I put up of God being our source of everything and then us being that conduits of that blessing into the world around us. That is the mystery of life. That is who we're created to be. That is how we find ourselves coming into living life in its fullness. Being people who live generously. In Philemon it says this, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. You see, our generosity comes from our faith, comes from our belief in God. The natural consequence of having faith in Jesus is that we live generously. It flows. And then the other thing that flows is that we experience all the good things that we already have in Christ. In Proverbs, it says this, One person gives freely and yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What a promise that is. And it seems so counterintuitive, right? One person is giving freely and yet they gain even more. But another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. Are we going to be people who expand and live generously? Are we going to be people who shrink and diminish ourselves and become less than we were created to be? Giving is the antidote to not enough. This message of not enough that, that is, we are bombarded by thousands and thousands of times every day. Giving is the antidote to not enough and we've talked about this before we are taught to give as an act of liberation in the old testament 
We see the Israelites in slavery in Egypt, and they're living in this culture of not enough. They're living in this culture of lack. They're co- living in this culture of poverty. They're slaves in Egypt, and they're having to work seven days a week for 12 hours or more a day. They're building and building and building. And what are they building? They're building storehouses. Because Egypt just can't have enough. They just want more and more and more and more and more. Uh, uh, we have discovered in the last few decades, whole cities. We have excavated whole cities that sole purpose was to be store cities because Egypt had so much. And this is what the Israelites were building, more and more and more storing and storehouses and store cities because they couldn't have enough. And yet the message they were giving to these Israelites was, we want you to build more but with less Straw, make more bricks but with less straw. This poverty mentality, this not enough. And this is what the Israelites grew up in. So when God saved them from Egypt, when God liberated them from their slavery, he saved them geographically, but then he had to save them culturally, socially, spiritually. He'd got them out of Egypt, and now he had to get Egypt out of them. Because they'd lived in this culture of not enough. And so God start, gave them the law. And this is what the Ten Commandments are about. This is what all the law is about in Exodus. It is an act of liberation. The law is always an act of liberation. And God says to them, I want you to give. Because that is the antidote to not enough. The way you're going to learn to be free from this culture that's got inside you is to give. So I want you to give. I want you to tithe. I want you to give 10% of everything that you have. I want you to give as a habit. And it's really important that we learn to give as a habit. And there are ways that we can do that. And giving isn't just about money. And when I talk about this morning, it isn't just about money. We give in all sorts of ways. We give financially. And it's really important that we do that. But we also give of our time. We give of our energy. We give of our skills and our talents. How many times do we find ourselves shrinking and kind of go, oh, no, not me. I'm not actually that good. There's probably someone else who's better than me. So I'll not, I'll not put myself out there because, you know, what if I'm not good enough? Or, you know, I don't want to seem boastful or proud. So I'll let someone else do it. And we shrink. But God calls us to give of our talents. God has given us talents so we can share our talents, our energy, our time, our words. We can be generous with our words. How much effort do we put into saying, encouraging people, blessing people? God has given us the gift of words and of language. Are we generous with it or are we critical with it? Do we build up or do we tear down? Generosity isn't just giving, isn't just about money, but we should form these habits. It's important that we organize our giving. If you haven't organized your giving yet to YCC and to whatever else you want to give to, but we, we're a part of this, we should give to this. It's important that, we've, that we organize, that we set up our standing orders or whatever it might be. It's important that we do that. It's important that we volunteer where, that is, where that's something that we're able to do or we use our gifts where that's something we're able to do. It's important that we do that. It's important that we do the habit, 
But God didn't stop there. He then said, and I want you to give your first fruits. Which meant that when they were doing a har- taking a harvest, the first fruit that they would pull in from the harvest, they would give. Because God says, I want your giving to be an instinct. Don't just have your giving as a habit. Have your giving as an instinct. It's really important. And then he says, and in addition to that, consider the poor. Which is the genius bit, right? Because the reason we all think we're 20% away from having enough is because we're all looking at the people who've got a bit more than us and wishing we were like them. And God says, no, no, consider the people who've got less than you. Spend time with the people who've got less with you. Surround yourself with people who are different from you. Consider those who are in need. Change your perspective. Giving is a habit. Giving is an instinct. Giving is a perspective. And these are the ways that we're called to give. Of our money, of our resources, of our time. If you haven't downloaded the gift app yet, I'd really encourage you to download it today. Even while I'm talking, go ahead, don't worry. The the next couple of minutes is really boring, so it's fine. Just take the time, download the app, because then you can be instinctive. You can just actually, you know, we can be talking about something, or something can be shared, or you can see something that the church is doing or getting involved with, and go, I love that, I want to give some money to that. And you can do that on the app. Wherever you are, whenever you are, wherever you are around the country, I think around the world. We should do that. Being instinctively generous is a challenge. And do you know being instinctively generous was a bit of a challenge for me? This stuff around giving and generosity and Egypt and being freed and liberation, I wrote a book about this. I've spoken about this for years. I am still invited to go and speak places about it and write about it. And it's a, you know, it's an, it's an idea which seems to resonate with people. And I think I first realized it seven years ago. But something that struck me a few years ago, I knew this stuff. I had read this stuff. I had discovered this stuff. I had come... I'd I'd written about this stuff. I had taught this stuff. I understood this stuff intellectually. I understood this stuff in principle. But there were still times when I realized that my instinctive reaction wasn't generosity. My instinctive reaction was sometimes a little mean. I would shrink. I'd be like, oh, well, no, I probably probably can't afford that. Probably someone else is probably better to give to that thing. I probably can't do that time. I can't give that time. Someone else has probably got a bit more time to do that. It's probably not my thing to do. I realized that I listened to my instinctive responses and I realized that I wasn't as generous as I maybe should be or I wasn't as instinctively generous. And yeah, I'd done all the, I'd organized my giving and we did, I had all the habit in place. And those of you who know me, I'm considering the poor. That is, that's my heartbeat. That's what I do. Like, that's what we're about here as a church. But I realized I wasn't instinctively generous. And I spent some time over the last years picking myself up on that, listening to my instinctive response. And if my instinctive response is, no, I don't actually, oh, I don't think you can afford that, then I go, no, no, then we'll do it. I would challenge my instinct. And over the years, my instinct has changed and has changed and has changed. 
And I realize now that my instinct, my instinct far more often than not is generosity. But I had to be quite intentional about that. I don't think it was my natural disposition. But if God says be instinctively generous, then we need to work at this stuff. It's not one prayer and we're sorted. This is stuff we have to work into our lives. That we should be habitually generous. That we should be instinctively generous. That we should be compassionately generous. I want us to respond with worship. But as we... As we reflect, as we sing, as we worship, I would love you to reflect. Listen to your heart. Knowing these things in our head is good. But actually allowing them to seep into our heart and form us, that's where the real transformation comes. Listen to your response. Where is it that you feel that not enough cropping up every now and again? And what can you do to respond to that? Because giving is the antidote to not enough. Where is it that you feel that response in yourself where you shrink back? It might not be about money. It might be about your skills or your giftings. It might be about your language and your words of encouragement. It might be about your time. It might be about your energy. It might be about your home. It might be about your possessions. But it's all from God. It's all his. And our role in this is to be people who pass on the blessing. Let's be people who live generously. Amen. Amen.